0: So we start in a new chapter. 18. Chapter 18 of Proverbs. Verse 1. How many of you ex- experienced that? Have you experienced uh, people who lashed out at you for no reason? You're you, you puzzled, you're perplexed at why they are beating up on you because you don't know what you did Uh, and it it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you've done because as the Proverbs remind us here the fact that they're unfriendly is fleshed out in their behavior. You don't necessarily have to do anything to them for them to beat upon you. Uh, They may just be having a bad day and, uh, and decide that they need to pick on somebody and you just happen to be the person that they come across first. So you get the full brunt of it. Okay, so uh, that's what he's talking about here with regards to unfriendly people. And we all run into those persons every now and then. And when we do, we leave kind of puzzled and perplexed by, you know, using the expression, well, what have I done to him? Or what have I done to her? And it just turns out that that person had, or maybe experiencing what they call a bad here, day. And so, you are the one who get what you don't deserve. Okay, unfriendly people are rebels by nature, uh, and their their self assertion flies in the face of sound wisdom, uh, which causes them to want to have their own way, even if it conflicts with tried untested knowledge or approved methods it doesn't matter to them okay even if they know that what they're saying is absolutely wrong and other people have proved them wrong other methods have proved them wrong it doesn't matter okay they're gonna have their own way anyway because they have a character of being rebels or what we call rebelistic okay so try to avoid unfriendly people because they only care about themselves uh, whatever they do to you may be horrendous in the sight of those who witness it, but it don't mean nothing to them. Okay, it's just another day, another victim. Okay, so if you ever experience that, the wisdom of God's Word has given you the knowledge to understand why. So you don't necessarily say, Why me? You understand that, that per- who that person is. It's an unfriendly person. So, what this proverb is telling us is that you 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 can now understand the characteristic of people or the character of people and the 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 way they behave, and that's good to know. Verse two. April takes an in understanding, but only in expressing Ever run into anybody like that? You run into a person who. All they want to share is their own opinion. They don't want to listen to anything you have to say. Okay, they just run on and on and on and on. And it's all about them. All about their their opinion is all that matters. And so these are people who are foolish. They refuse to listen to people with understanding. Doesn't matter how wise you are. Doesn't matter how many people come up and talk about how your advice has helped them so much and the person here, it. Doesn't matter to them. Don't matter at all. They will refuse to listen. They don't hear they don't want to hear you. All they're interested in is expressing or displaying what is on their hearts. Well, you could call that person selfish too. Because they don't care about nobody else but themselves. Uh, verse three. Then the wicked comment then cometh also contempt reproach. In other words, outward shame and criticism come on the heels of inward wickedness and immorality. If you get a person who's wicked on the inside and have all kinds of immoral thoughts and desires on the inside, the outcome will always be shame and criticism. They're going to trip themselves up, is what he's saying. And so doing wrong leads to disgrace. And scandalous behavior always brings contempt. Always, without fail. It's a no-brainer. It's like the one footfaller in the other. It, the, it will indeed happen when a person has uh, scandalous behavior and contempt in their hearts. with four? The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. So generally speaking, the words of a person's mouth is what gives them away. A person may look pleasant, They may look kind, but you find out who that person is and what they're like as soon as they open their mouth. Instead, they're like deep waters, hiding their true thoughts and motives. You won't know what happens until they open their mouth. And that is so true of all of us. You know, I I was invited to Green Turtle Key some years ago. Uh, uh, to minister and it was my first time there and uh, the person who invited me, the leading elder of the church invited me and uh, someone had told him about me so he invited me down and he had never heard me speak before or anything like that and so when he saw me he had a had uh, an impression you know you see somebody you get an impression and uh, one time we went out to dinner and uh, we were having dinner and he said boy you know I gotta confess he says, when I saw you, I I had the wrong impression of you. And I didn't, it, you know, all of that just blew away as soon as you open your mouth to, to, to share God's word. And people do that a lot. They do that a lot. You know, we, we judge a book by its cover. And this is what the psalmist is saying here. On the other hand, the fountain of wisdom is like a gushing, flowing brook. In other words, the words, the message wisdom is always clear and always obvious. Put another way, the words of wise people are deep pool, flowing, a flowing stream. It's like a fountain of life. Ever hear a person uh, con- uh, give you advice or counsel you and, uh, and you are so impacted by it? That's what he's talking about here. But on the other hand, the person who is out of character are the opposite. The wise person, they are they're, they're deep instead of shallow. Every a person says something to you and then you look, walk away and say, boy, that's deep. Well, that's what he's talking about here. The person of wisdom, they are, the wisdom that they give is very clear and is very obvious where it's coming from. It's coming from beyond that person. It's coming from God. It's coming from God's word. Because they've spent time with God. And so they are deep instead of shallow. They are they are, they, are, they are flowing instead of brackish. And they are refreshing instead of dull. run into a person sometimes and they speak to you or they give you some advice and you walk away and say, boy, that was refreshing. That's the kind of person he's talking about here. Verse 5. It is not right to frame the guilty and prevent the innocent from receiving justice. Now this happens a lot in our day. Doesn't it? There are people who always favor the guilty because of relations or because of bribes. Okay, they know the person is guilty. But because the person have been good to them or paid them under the table or given them a bribe, then they let the person get away with whatever they feel like doing to get away with. And so the the, the writer of Proverbs is cautioning us uh, with regards to that. Sometimes people are so overwhelmed by how others treat them that they overlook their faults. They deny that this person does bad things simply because of how the person treats them or what they get from them. And so he's, he's just the kind of person he's talking about here. The reversing of, of, of moral judgments is condemned by God. Showing favoritism to the wicked is the same thing as condoning wickedness. If you show favoritism to wicked people, in other words, you're just as bad as them. That's what he's saying. You're not only condoning it but you're placing yourself in that in in their category or you're putting yourself in the same boat as them to deny the innocent justice is what has been described as putting truth on the gallows and wrong on the throne we know what the gallows is right got to know everybody's calling for it okay well that's what he's talking about uh to deny the innocent justice, the justice that they deserve, is like putting truth on death row and putting wickedness or wrongdoing on the throne of good. Verse 6. The fool's lips bring you strife and his mouth invites <laughs> We could use that today, don't we? He's talking about a big mouth person. Or a loud person, we don't call him loud. We call him big mouth, right? When a person loud, when that person get a big mouth, that's what he's talking about. A big mouth person is constantly trying to pick fights or start trouble. That's all they do. While a drunkard stands out in this with this kind of behavior, all who is successful, all he's successful at is getting himself in trouble. Normally. A drunken person is would fall into this category of being a, a big mouth person because normally drunken people are loud, right? You ever you ever saw any drunken person who was soft or didn't shout and carry on and make a lot lot of noise? I was on uh, driving on what was it, Blue Road just before you get to Government House, um, and there was this there's this bar on the side of the road. It caught my attention because the name of the bar is drunk again bar and grill now why would a person name a place like that you know i don't think i don't know what people think about when they give these businesses names but it caught my attention drunk again bar and grill but it, 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 it reminds me of uh what are you saying here a big mouth person is constantly trying to pick fights normally when a squabble starts or fight breakouts. It's normally at a bar because somebody is drunk and they don't be they don't know how to control themselves. And he says here they are asking for a beating. In other words, the only thing a drunken person is successful at is getting himself into trouble, getting a black eye, getting bruises and cuts from getting beat up. The um, version of that... I mean, read, read, the read what you have. Don't um... Let your mouth write a check that your hip can't cash. Say what? <laughs> you let your mouth write a check that your hip can't cash. Okay. <laughs> Don't let your mouth do what? Right. Write a check right. that your hip can't cash. <laughs> that's talking about beating. Okay. What version is that? What is that? That's the Dave Hamilton version. Okay, gotcha. That's one of those good sayings. You can't, you can't miss not understanding that one. Okay, verse 7. A fool's mouth is is undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. Okay, so reckless and foul language, bad speech of a fool brings about his ultimate ruin. So his own mouth, his own, the language that comes from his own mouth is his downfall, is what he's saying here. And we've seen that happen a lot, haven't we? You know, a person's mouth always gets him in trouble. Like, but, uh, but they've said, you know, don't let your mouth cause you to write a check that your hip can't cash. <laughs> Verse 8. Amen. The words of the tail bear are bones, and they go down into the minimum spots of the now, what is, what is this one talking about? Really carefully now. What is this talking about? Huh? No, I need Gossip. Gossip. This is talking about gossip. Yeah, a whisper is a gossip. That's what a whisper is. To get on the phone, Child. Child, let me tell you Let me tell you what I hear so you That's whispering, say. right? The nation in my gossip is so tasty i would be to swallow it Exactly That's right A gossiper's words are like Delicious morsels Juicy and that, In fact, some people use those words Child, I get one juicy one for you today Let me tell you what I hear last night And then nobody told them that, you know they were catching. What do you call it? catching gapping? Listening to somebody else's conversation. It was not intended for them, but they took it. And so, gospel's words are like delicious morsels. That's what your version says, yeah, right? Delicious morsels. Uh, they are enthusiastically devoured by those who hear them. It's almost as if those who listen respond by saying yum yum. I like that. Tell me some more. It tastes good. So here's an application then for verse 8. Because we all will encounter this and we have. And we'll continue to do so as long as we are above ground and breathing in this world. Because this world is really wicked. You have a lot of wicked people in this world. And it's impossible for us to go anywhere without encountering wicked people and gossip. So here's what uh, the application is for verse 8. It's hard not to listen to rumors and gossip. It's as hard to not to listen to rumors and gossip as it is turning down a delicious dessert. Anybody have a problem turning down a delicious dessert? It's hard, right? If someone offers you something that you know you're not supposed to eat, and what your response is? Well, you know I'm supposed to eat this, but I guess... It'll be okay this one time. You know? Or like a person who eats what they know they're not supposed to eat and then they drink a diet soda as if the diet soda is <laughs> supposed to reverse all the bad stuff that the bad, the, the bad meal is supposed to. You know, I often laugh when people do that. You know, they get this, 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 this food that they know they're not supposed to eat. And they say, oh, I'll have a diet soda with that. Okay. Just taking one bite. Just taking one bite of either one creates a taste for more Romans can Romans can be resisted in the same way that we resist not eating what we know we're not supposed to eat don't open the package you know, a person, no, they're not supposed to eat candy. Well, the only way to resist that is not to open the box. But by nibbling on the first bite of gossip, you'll be tempted to take a second bite and a third bite and more and more and more. And that's what gossip is. Uh, you hear what someone has to say, and that person becomes uh, a favorite for you. Whenever you see that person, child, you get anything from me today? What you hear last night? And so you continue become addicted to it. Verse nine. He also is lacking his work, his brother, to him who destroys. Okay, a lazy person is as bad as someone who destroys whatever they put their hands on, whatever they come in contact with. And so a lazy person is a, a destroyer. A lazy person and a destroyer have the same thing in common. Both of them cause a lot of chaos and a lot of damage. So they can be put in the same category. It's common knowledge today that many deadly accidents in cars, airplanes, and buildings and the like are caused by poor workmanship. This is also true in church leadership where carelessness of responsibility may lead to a collapse in fellowship. And that's why you get so many people starting their own church. Because they don't want to deal with this and they don't want to deal with that. Okay, A church can be disintegrated through foolish negligence And laziness in addition to The, the attacks of Satan So Satan gets blamed for a whole lot of things That uh, he had nothing to do with Okay, someone told a story one time Of uh, going to church and they saw Satan Sitting outside on the step crying, weeping, wailing And I said, what's wrong with you? He said, these people charging me cause, Blaming me for a lot of things that I even, even know nothing about You know, and we do that a lot We blame Satan for a lot of things That we ourselves cause Verse 10 So we know where the words of that song came from, right? Okay, we sing it all the time. Okay, that's where it came from. The name of the Lord is a fortress. Uh, You go out to to Fort Charlotte or Fort Montague and look at the size of those walls. See the size of those walls? See how thick they are? Well they were designed that way so when they fired those, when the the pirates came in and they fired those huge cannonballs, they could not penetrate those walls. And what the writer is doing is he's trying to give us an idea of how strong a fortress we have in God. Whenever you think about the enemy attacking you and you need safety and refuge think about the size of the walls of a fortress and that's how God protects us and he protects us like that every single day so whenever something happens to us we know that God allowed it to happen and he allowed it to happen for a purpose and whatever that purpose is it turns out for our eventual good rather than crying oh Lord why me why did do why this happen to me again we remember that God allows it to happen so that we can be blessed As a result, uh, rather than condemned. And so those who trust in Him completely, for for whoever it is that trust in the Lord completely, the Lord is a place of refuge and a place of protection. For that reason, in the moment of fierce temptation, we can call upon the name of the Lord and he will be able to protect us from sinning. Verse 11. Okay, rich people, this verse is a reminder of what we see happening around us all the time. Okay, rich people trust in their wealth to protect them. That's their only protection. Now notice the previous verse talks about God being a strong tower, God being our protector. For the rich person, it's their wealth. In their imagination, they think of it like a, they think of their wealth as a high wall or a fortress of security keeping them from all kinds of danger. But when they need, when they need that protection or that safety the most, it fails them. Their riches and their wealth fail them. And we've seen this happen with Wall Street crashes. People put all their confidence in their wealth and the, the, the stocks on Wall Street crash and it does nothing for them. So while verse 10 is an absolute fact, verse 11 is nothing but fiction. You see that? See verse 10? Fortress. Verse 10 is a fact. God is a strong tower. Verse 11 is fiction. Your money won't protect you. Your wealth won't protect you. The righteous person of verse 10 trusts in fact. The rich person of verse 11 trusts in fiction. Also, rich people are sadly mistaken by imagining that their wealth is their strongest defense, because there are there are too many ways for it to lose its power. A lot of ways. You can't count the number of ways that money can lose its power to provide absolute safety. The government could stop backing. What the guarantee. Thieves could steal it. Inflation could rob us of it. Or rob us of the value of it. On the other hand. Because God never loses his power. He is always dependable. That's what the strong fortress. The strong tower is all about. And so the question is. Where do you look for security and safety? Unsure wealth. Or... A God who is always faithful. Where do you look? The God is always faithful, right? We've experienced this faithfulness over and over and over again. But we have many, many examples, including our own, of how wealth has failed us. You trust in money, it'll always fail you, always let you down. Amen? Okay, we gotta stop there because our time is gone.